is Jen. And this is Christine. And, and we are Shenanigans. Thanks for stopping by. Today's podcast pairing is with Ruby Red Rosé with Grapefruit from France. Cheers. Cheers. We are so happy and excited because today we have our first guest. Her name is Kim, and she has been a friend of mine since I was 18 years old. 19. (laughs) And she's also known Christine since 19. 19. (laughs) And I worked with Kim for many years, and she has been my lifelong friend. Kim and Christine were both maids of honor at my wedding, and Kim has been through some shitty times and we're going to talk about that although she does have quite a sense of humor and silver lining as well so welcome kim welcome (laughs) thank you for having me (laughs) so start by telling us a little bit about you what do you do tell us about your life uh fun fact i may have just downed a little bit of rosé half a bottle of rosé that's okay it's three minutes before noon it's three minutes before noon i feel like i'm uh what's her name from Flashdance, you know, when she screws up. Jennifer she, Beals. Jennifer Beals. Cue Irene Cara. Can I start again? <laughs> this is how this podcast is going. <laughs> anyway, Jen and I have been friends for years. I mean, it, it goes way back. There's too many There's too many funnies. There's too many good times. There's a, just a smattering of bad times, but it's there's always been a funny. Oh, there's always funnies. Yes. Christine is the same. Yes. So you're, you're both very funny. I'm just the, the third the third wheel in the funny. <laughs> You're a great audience, Christine. Yes, thank you. That's, <laughs> you laugh at all of our funnies. I do, yes. And we're not for everyone, let's be honest. So yeah, so we brought Kim on to talk about her, you know, she's had a great life, but she's had a shitty chapter and she seems to always find the silver lining, even if it's just mixed with swears and inappropriate hu- and humor. Oh, yeah. my son would be so upset with me. He always <laughs> says, do you have to swear, mom? I'm like, actually, yeah, I, I do. I fucking do. I absolutely do. <laughs> right. We get that. Yeah, we absolutely get that. And sometimes it's not even the like the PG-13 swears. It goes no. right to the, the oh, bad one. My kids all just around i don't say pg-13 they go you go right for the mother the mother of them all the only, are you fucking kidding me is what comes out of my mouth that's it sometimes it just feels good yeah sure does yeah so anyway um so my life i will say i've had i've had a wonderful life there's i mean i guess it's a frank capper movie but not so much I had a wonderful childhood. Everything was great. The highlight of my life was my husband. I met him when I was 25 years old at the Clada pub. Shout out. Clada. <laughs> Drink. Cheers. <laughs> it was such a wonderful place. It was such a wonderful time. I remember meeting him when I was 25 years old. I think Jen and I were both out. Yeah. You know, after our shift at the nursing home, I think he was probably covered in a beer. Guinness. And- I remember him saying, want to go out? And I'm like, ah, sure, why not? What am I going to lose? What am I going to lose? So I did, and I remember I was at my house, and I'm not, I mean, I loved a cocktail back then, but I've never been a heavy drinker. And I remember going through my house saying, Mom, you got any wine? I'm like, I'm a little, just a little keyed up. And she's like, that's weird. So anyway, I had two glasses of wine, bam, bam. <laughs> He showed up, he told my mom, or he said to my mom, he said, hi, mom. And she's like, oh, I really like this guy. (laughs) 
So I got into a Chevy Beretta. Oh, that's hot. Oh my God. Fun fact. They had that, (laughs) that handle on the side door. Like it just opened up kind of like that back to the future car. Yeah. And then we went to go see Casino. So romantic. (laughs) I mean, blood guts and blowjobs. I mean, (laughs) mean, Sharon Stone. (laughs) It was a romantic first date. And I don't know, like, I remember I couldn't, like, buckle it. I couldn't buckle the seatbelt. It was, I don't know, it was just typical me. I was keyed up. I was nervous. I was anxious. Two glasses of wine. Uh, two glasses of wine. And then, you know, fun fact, like, it's a terrible first date to go on a movie. So anyway, so we get back into the car. We go home, and there's that awkward end of the night first kiss. And I think I kissed him on the chin, and he kissed me on the nose. And it was, <laughs> oh, and it was just love since then. <laughs> So we had, like, we got married, like, three years afterwards. We had a wonderful life. I mean, it was amazing. It was boating. It was traveling. We had, um, we got our first dog together. We did multiple laps around this place in North Andover called Wire Hill. And it was just a magical place. We met so many wonderful friends. We had a wonderful family. We still have a wonderful family. We still have wonderful friends. So we had um, two great kids. My son, Jack, was born 2000. He's 13 years old. He's an old, old soul. Like, he's just always been that way. Just a truly remarkable kid. He's wonderful. I've always said that he's going to save the planet. And then all of a sudden comes along a, um, a little girl. I was age 42. Found out I was pregnant at work. I remember a friend of mine found out a, a pregnancy test in one of the bathrooms. And, um, ew. <laughs> ew. Ew, David. And she is hell on wheels. Her name's Eva, and she is, she gives me a reason for living. She's just a firecracker. So anyway, we've had amazing, amazing life. And then everything came to a crashing halt January 30th, 2020. January 3rd. Uh, What did I say? Yep, January Um, 30th. Okay. Listen to Jen, not me. (laughs) So I, I guess I have to rewind to Christmas. Christmas that year was... It was one of, it was just a, a, a particularly wonderful Christmas. Our entire family was there. Everything was just, get, we just had a wonderful time. Chris was always famous for making a um, prime rib roast. We would set up for like a, but a week ahead of time. We had a sit-down meal for about 20 people. We had our friends and our families there. And Chris was the cook in the family. He just did everything, soup to nuts. And this one particular year, he it just took the wind out of his heels. He just seemed particularly fatigued, tired. And he was always complaining that he was tired, but he always complained he was tired. He was an old dad. He was a 52-year-old father of two. And he had a a six-year-old, you know, like he had a reason to be And he was coaching and working and doing all these things. All the things. And And trying to be funny with you. Yes. (laughs) Shaking his head at Kim. (laughs) Yeah. So New Year's Eve came. We had some friends over. We played this game, Telestrations. We had just so many giggles and like everything seemed fine. Everything was fine. It was great. And then January 2nd came and I had come home from work and we were sitting on the couch and I was very focused on shopping for lamps. I mean, go figure. I'm not even a shopper. I like, I can't stand it, but I just, we got a new living room set and I just felt the need to, you know, let's zhuzh up the, uh, the downstairs. And he kept complaining that his back was bothering him. And he, he told me earlier in the day that he broke out into a cold sweat and he kept checking his blood pressure, you know, and I'm an ER nurse. And I was like, well, that's weird. But he always has more complaints than Christ had on the cross. You know, like he always (laughs) wasn't. Thanks, Nan. (laughs) No, it wasn't unusual for him to come home with a man cold or anything like that. So I really just didn't take any notice of it. So 
anyway, I, I really blew it off to him just having like a man cold, just not feeling good. I thought he maybe could have had a kidney stone. And I asked him, I'm like, do you want to go? Like, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the, you want to go to the doctor? Do you want to go to the emergency room? What do you want to do? And he's like, he's like, if I feel this bad tomorrow, he's like, maybe I should go to the doctor. So I blew it off. You know, you did I, an EKG though on your. No, I. I mean, I did an Apple Watch thing, but it wasn't wasn't anything real. So anyway, so I got. I was annoyed with him. <laughs> Truth be told, I was annoyed with him. So I wanted to make sure he was comfortable. Like he was starting to fall asleep, so I didn't want to keep him up. I put a blanket over him, and like I rubbed my fingers through his hair, like I always did. I kissed him goodnight, and I fell sound asleep. Like I didn't even give it a second thought. And then I woke up in the morning and my son was whimpering and he's like, and I thought Jack was late for school or something and it wouldn't have been an unusual thing. And he's like, mama, daddy's not waking up. And, and I was like, oh my God. So I went flying downstairs and he was seated on the end of the couch, like on the chaise part of the couch with his head to the side, he looked like he was sleeping, but he was not. He was gray. He was gone. So I said, Jack, call 911. And I started CPR. And I felt like I did CPR for hours. Realistically, it was probably only 20 minutes. And I couldn't stand this operator. She was like, she was trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, I need people here. Yeah. I need a medic. I need a defibrillator. I'm like, he is not breathing. There is no pulse. She kept ch- telling me to check for a pulse. I'm like, there is no pulse. And Jack was screaming, crying. I was screaming, crying. And I, I remember, I think I smacked him too. I'm like, snap out of it, Chris. Like, like it was like I was Sharon Moonstruck, you know? <laughs> and I just kept, I just kept going until the medics came. And I remember they, threw him off the couch onto the floor and then they worked him for about 20 minutes and I was stunned I was just stunned I'm like this is it I'm like I am I'm 49 I have a six-year-old and a 11-year-old and their dad is gone and there's a cardinal right outside the door oh my god oh my god you cannot make that up oh my god that is your sign my friend so anyway um so i mean what do you do what do you do when the love of your life is found dead i called everybody that i knew i called so i told jack to call our neighbor i I finally call her miss jess so i said call jess and so she came over right away and i said go upstairs and be with your sister i'm like a six-year-old doesn't need to see this it's bad enough that an 11 year old needs to see this so jess came over and she brought the kids upstairs then i called rose the most responsible member of my family and i said i think chris died and she went oh my god and then she flew over and then everything fades to black all of a sudden people were descending on the house there were paramedics there then the bus came so the bus saw like fire ambulance everything there it was just it was surreal it was just i i i couldn't believe this i'm like i had the perfect life there was no problems we had a happy beautiful life like i mean he wasn't perfect he was 
sarcastic, he was wise, he was acerbic, but he was everything. He was everything to me. He did everything for us. There is nothing that he didn't take care of. He had my back. We were partners. We, it wasn't like he was the husband and I was the stay-at-home wife. No shade to the stay-at-home wives, but we were partners. Like We did everything together. We stayed in our lane. He, did, he was the cook. I took care of the kids. I made the doctor's appointments. I did the yard work. He did all the inside work. It was <laughs> kind of funny. Like That's just how it was, you know? And it was great that way. Like he, Life was he so- He was awesome. He was your true partner. He was, you were perfect. it was fun to do nothing with him. It was just fun just to be in his presence, you know, and I don't know, like everything just went, it went crazy. But you know what, like, my friends, my family, my neighbors, everybody came together. And truly, they saved me like they, I, I, I still can't get over it. Jen, you know, the host of the podcast, she started a GoFundMe page, which I felt awkward about, but it was I didn't wonderful. ask your permission. It was wonderful. It was thoughtful. It was it was so it was so great. Chris's family did everything. The the brothers, they all came together. They they got my mother in law. They did everything that they should have. It was a textbook way of how to handle a sudden death, I guess. My son was I was so worried about him and he grew up that day he turned he went from 11 to 40 like in a minute he like kept checking in on me like for a full like seven or eight months after chris died he would wake me up in the middle of the night to make sure that i was okay you know it was alarming but it was wonderful and i didn't care i didn't care at all eva slept in my bed for four or five months, I didn't care. Like I, I just, I wanted them near me. Like my friends slept with me in the same bed just to make sure that I was okay. Shout out to Jen. <laughs> Shout out to my other friend, Jen. Shout out to all my friends. Name Jen. <laughs> um, my neighbors, like they cooked for me because they know that I wasn't the cook, you know. You've come a long way with the cooking. My mother like did, she helped me do thank you cards. My mother-in-law helped me do like all of these crazy things. And then, I mean, the wake, like it was like a six, seven hour wake. I've never seen anything like it. I may have been a little tipsy. Chris's college friends got Kim drunk at the wake. No one should have to stand through a wake sober. No, I'm not not a proponent for alcohol, but no, I yes, mean, yes, and, yes, I, mean yeah. I mean, realistically, I am. Right. Yes, I am. I, I lied. I lied. I lied. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> anyway, and then the wake came, the funeral came. People just stayed with me for weeks afterwards. Like, people kept checking in on me. Like, food was showing up. People were sending me money. Like, it was just... The outpouring of support was just overwhelming. I couldn't get over it. I felt so loved. I felt so taken care of when at a time when I felt so vulnerable. And then I had to learn real fast how to do everything around this house. I'm like, I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to fix anything. I had to figure out passwords. And I'm like, oh, to all the widows out there, write down your passwords to everything. I don't know what you got to do with the Apple ID. I think you have to probably make a wax figure of your husband and then take a a face ID picture of it. Maybe cut off their finger. Maybe that's a little morbid. I don't know. But like it was it was crazy. And thank God to my friends that were the computer hacks. Shout out to Jen Sherrick. Yes. You know, I mean, I I just didn't I 
I just didn't know how to do, I felt like I didn't know how to do everything. Even though I, I knew I had it in me, I just, I guess I just took life for granted for a while. You know, you, you feel you're, like you're sleepwalking through life sometimes. And it wasn't that, that life wasn't wonderful. It was just that at a point you, you became ships that passed through the night and we loved each other, but we were busy. Like he was, he got a promotion at work. I was working 11 to 11. You know, I had four days off, but he would come home and he was doing long days. And he was so tired when he got home that he had just enough time to like see us, hang out with us. And he's like, Kimmy, I got to go to bed. I'm, I'm done. And I'm like, of course you are. I'm like, you're exhausted. You just did a, you know, 12, 13 hour day. Then the weekends, it was all about us. He was all about the kids and making sure I was taken care of. He always made sure that my car started, that the driveway was plowed. I mean, for the most part, he thought it was plowed, even though I did do a fair share of the... <laughs> I was going to say the blowjobs, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm pretty sure you did all those. <laughs> oh my God, I think we got to edit that out. No, no. But anyway, like he was just... I, I mean, it's it's been 18 months and it's still... I, I'm still waiting for him to come home. I'm still waiting to hear the garage door open, you know, and... I don't know that that will ever change. I know. It's just, it's, it's awful. Yeah. It's awful. You never think your life is going to change in an instant. And then it does. And it's shocking and surreal. Yeah. Yeah. All of it. Kim, you are doing such an incredible job and what you've done and the strength you've shown to your kids is admirable. And also showing them that you're okay and you can be okay through anything. And I just think it's remarkable because I'm sure Jack has had a tough time. And how are they now? How are your kids? So it's been 18 months and we are definitely a little better. And I'll only say a little better. I guess for the purposes of the podcast, I don't want to be completely transparent with what my kids went through, but they went through some stuff. And I will say the one thing that I recommend is therapy. And I always shaded therapy. I'm like, oh my God, everybody is in therapy these days. And I always thought it was, I mean, I guess I'll just say it. I thought it was bullshit. I just thought it was bullshit. I'm like, I always thought that people should just get your act together, you know, like be a big girl, like work through your problems on your own. It's very New Englandy. Exactly. Exactly. Like, I'm like, come on now, you know, like, get it together. But they're little, like, Jack was 11 and Eva was six. So the kids had a really hard time. And then COVID hit. And two months later. And I am not unusual. Like, there were, there are so many widows out there during this time. I can't even imagine what they're going through. And I want to take them all in bring them to my house and feed them and shelter them and watch Shit's Creek. <laughs> hey, Dan Levy. Hey. <laughs> you know, and Ricky Gervais, Afterlife. Hey. <laughs> and up. therapy was incredibly helpful. So I, for my, for my son, where he found Chris, I said, you know what? I'm like, you need somebody that is not your mom, that is not your friends. His friends were great. The school was great, but they are limited. There's only so much that they can do. And I said, you need an objective person to speak to. You know, I want you to say stuff like, you know, my mom is so annoying. She's doing this or my sister's annoying or this is what I'm feeling. And I'm like, you need somebody that you can talk to that isn't me, you know? Right. 
I love you no matter what. And I said, but I'm not objective. I'm, I have a clear bias towards you. So I put Jack in therapy, um, both Jack and Eva in therapy, probably in May. And my six-year-old Eva was having a real, real hard time. It was so hard. Like we had to homeschool. I'm not an unusual case. So many parents had to do the same thing that have lesser means that I do. And I guess it was just hard. It was hard being a widow. I didn't have anybody. My support group were my friends and my family, my neighbors, and they got stripped away. We weren't allowed to see each other. You know, it was just awful. And I'm not an unusual case. It was just that's just how it was. So anyway, so I start, I put my both kids in therapy and it has helped. It has helped quite a bit. I went into therapy as well. And the thing with therapy is, is that you don't see results immediately. You see it long-term. And now that I've been in it for over a year, not so much therapy for me. For the kids, it worked out great because their transformation has been markedly improved. For me, I got a lot out of grief groups. And in Massachusetts, they have a, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, but I'm just going to shout it out. Um, So the children's room in Arlington, Massachusetts is a wonderful, wonderful place. It's a nonprofit organization that was actually started up by the, um, I believe it was the Boston Bruins wives. And it's for family members that have suffered the loss of a spouse or a sibling. And it helped me tremendously. So we met every other week on Thursdays. And I met the most amazing group of men and women. And I got the most out of that. And I would suggest to any new widow to join a grief group. I tried, I mean, I'm, I'm younger. I mean, I'm not that young. I'm 50. But I tried a, a grief support group through a church, but the members were lovely, but they were in a, a different generation. So we just didn't have a lot in common. And I wanted to be with, I don't know, I guess people that were of the same age that were going yeah, through the same course. thing. Of course, because you go through it differently. And it was, your marriage was cut short yeah. unintentionally. Yeah. yeah. And so these people, like, were great because you need to be around people that get it, you know? Right. And so this helped me tremendously. And now that I'm 18 months out, I feel I feel a little bit better. I, I'm not perfect. I'll never be perfect. I'll never be whole, but I'm okay. I've learned how to do things. Um, fun facts. Um, YouTube is your friend. Okay. I have Googled YouTube for just about everything. Um, how to send a PDF. <laughs> How to copy and paste, how to fix a faucet, how to rewire your irrigation system, um, how to set up a pool filter, how to restart a lawnmower, how to change your oil, just about everything. So it is somewhat empowering. So to all the widows out there, try YouTube before you call your friendly neighborhood appliance repairman. Yeah, yeah. I learned how to fix my washing machine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. During the pandemic, I was like, how do I not have a washing machine through a pandemic? Yes. Um, I'm excited for Jack that he'll be at camp with Colin, Owen, and Brendan this summer too. Yes. Experience camp, which yes. is, it will be a great experience for him. Yes. For, I don't know about um, anybody else in the country, but there is a lot of free camps out there, nonprofit camps that are just for these things, for kids that have experienced the loss of a parent or a sibling. And it's a wonderful, it's a sleepaway camp. They have to be of a certain age. And it's about being with basically members of your own tribe, yeah. you know, like. And they get to do absolutely everything that 
like boys camp should be in Maine, except they're with all people that get where they've been and they talk about it a little bit they have like three bonfires that they talk about it but otherwise it's like just fun summer fun and they feel totally normal right and they can talk about it together if they they want yeah grief counselors there they have um it's it's an incredible experience my kids come home after well you saw them yes Two years after the first day is very emotional like colin and owen the last two years actually fist fought in the car ride home because i just think they have so many emotions and then they have a little bit of an adjustment when they leave there it's a little hard for like the 24 hours but it like literally because my kids are opposite we've talked about this they do not want to do therapy we've had a very difficult time with therapy and i agree it's so important our situation has just been different but this camp this one week a year is the best therapy for them and it like literally carries them throughout the year so i'm I'm happy that hate that jack is in the same hate that they're all in this camp but glad that they'll get to go together yeah my takeaway in everything is i mean my silver lining i guess is i gotta find the funny in life my people that i work with shout out to the beth israel emergency room (laughs) (laughs) not a local boston hospital (laughs) but I mean, all of my coworkers will know, like, I'm like, I tell me a funny. I'm like, all I need is one funny a day. Tell me and all the inappropriate funnies. Everything, everything. And I, ask, I tell my kids the same thing. I mean, and they're funny. I don't know. I guess I've gained a, a new appreciation for life. You know, I like to say, fuck it. Yep. Let's do it. Let's do it. Like, why not? Let's do a podcast. Exactly. <laughs> why not? You've got nothing to lose in life. Like, if not now. Then when? Do it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell me about some of your coping skills. I know that you have some funny coping skills when you're having a really tough day, when you're going to spiral. What do you do? So when I get upset and anybody that suffers from anxiety, depression, that is going through a traumatic loss, my solution to everything is to run or move. Like just do anything. Get out of the house. Like being in a fetal position does not work for me. Like, I mean... I have those moments, but I got to move. It's not effective. My mode of life, my the way I function, everything has to be functional. And I, if I'm going to be upset, if I'm going to have all of this emotion, like I, it's got to go to a better purpose. So I rage run, I rage bake, <laughs> I rage clean, rage um, mow, I rage mow. I do it. I do it all, and I am exhausted at the end of the night. But it is helpful. It's better than screaming at my kids. It's better than being. I mean, I was crying in closets. I was crying in cabinets, like <laughs> I'm just crying in dirty utility rooms in the hospital. Like it just is not effective. And I'm like, so if I can laugh, if I can move, if I can run, then so be it. That's so great. Be it. Yeah. Those are all great. great things. And your yard looks amazing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So tell us your, probably the worst piece of advice you've received since Chris passed away. Um, hmm. Or in general. Oh, you never get a, um, a first chance to make, what was that? What's that phrase? You never get a second chance. A second chance to make a first impression. And I respectfully disagree. I think you should show your most inappropriate self right out of the gate. (laughs) Let's go on that and tell us how you met Chris's mom a long time ago. I was there. It was New Year's Eve. I think it was 1995, 96 or on the the cusp. And when I get nervous, I I stress eat. (laughs) 
So I was stress eating Swedish meatballs. And <laughs> for people that know me, I inhale my food. And Don't I, share an appetizer with Kim. Oh my God, no, never, never. It's the worst advice. And I was, okay, if you could see my hand, it's like spinning <laughs> like a blender. And I was eating Swedish meatballs faster than anything. And it went down my trachea <laughs> and I launched it. So there was spittle, there was bits of meat flying. It was slow-mo though. And it landed, it landed, I like to say right on her shoe, but I think it was kind of smeared all over her shirt. It was just awful. And that's how I met my mother-in-law, who is just delightful. Wonderful person. Shout out to Joni. (laughs) Okay, what other questions do we have? Well, I have one. Tell me the most awkward thing someone has said to you since Chris has passed away. Is your husband home? (laughs) And I like to say, no, he's dead. (laughs) There's no, there's no awkwardness there. No, 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 not at all. Not and like all. I said to you before, like people used to go to and I had the four little boys in a cart and they'd say, oh, you have four boys. God bless you. And in front of all four of my boys and they're like, oh, no girl. And I'm like, no, God did bless me. Thanks. And now, right now it's like, oh, how many kids do you have? And it's not an awkward question on their part. Right. But then how do you respond? So I'm always like, uh, either I make them cry or I lie and feel like a psycho. There's like no winning. No, no. And I, I also like, I also like, how are you <laughs> with all the pity? And I'm like, terrible. Thanks for asking. Shout out to Nora McInerney. <laughs> Lots of shout outs. I like it. I like it. <laughs> yes. I used to get, um, after Jay passed away, I used to get, did you guys have a fight? No, we didn't have a fight. And oh, you're so young. You'll move on quickly. It's fine. It's like Wait, people used to seriously ask you, did you have a fight? People ask me at the wake, at the wake. I don't think I remembered that. That's actually... That's because you went to Canada that day. Well, yeah, but I was at the wake. I was, yeah. Can I say this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. So fun fact, this is how we're all tied in together. So at the wake of Jay from Jen's second episode, Chris changed Owen's diaper because Christine, it's, it was Owen, right? Yes, yeah. he was. Yeah. He was six weeks old Yeah, with Steve. Shout out to Steve Pellerin. Mm-hmm. He'll be on. Yes. And we were, that. this is how we're all tied in together. Yes. Poopy diapers. Poopy diapers. We have quite a tribe here of support. We're all forever linked. Yeah. Whether we like it or not. Right. And we're all inappropriate. Yes. Yes. I'm just finding my inappropriateness, I think. Well, yeah. Oh, you've had it. You've had it. You're good. You fall a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, So one other question. Favorite, favorite, just to lighten it up a bit. Favorite cocktail. Oh my God. It's like asking your favorite movie, your favorite song. Oh, I can answer right away. Spicy Marg. All day long. Mm, I don't. mm. Okay. Mm. It's not in the can. We'll circle back to that. Okay. We'll circle back. Yeah. Favorite post-cocktail food binge. Oh my God. Wheat thins with tzatziki sauce or pub cheese. What? My favorite sad girl dinner. That is the favorite sad girl dinner. (laughs) Mine's instant mashed potatoes. Oh yes, with corn. With corn. (laughs) Mine's no longer meat. It's I mean like meat and sausage, straight up pizza. Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. All the meat. Um, we should cheers. All right, cheers Cheers to that. Cheers to post binge drinking. I mean, eating. Anyway, cheers. Cheers. Kim, thanks so much for being with us today. Yes, that was... Thank you so much. A wonderful tribute to Chris, and we love Love him. Love love you. you. Find the funny, everyone. Find the funny. I never...